Hi diddly ho preparinos, this is Nat, the preparedness guy. I know you have been sitting on the edge of your seats eagerly anticipating the second half of my interview with the Disaster Class podcast. Well, here it is. Previously on Disaster Class. I have dealt with a lot of people who would call themselves preppers. And um, you get some people who are across the spectrum on on intensity, uh, but generally they just want to provide for their needs. And almost everybody I've ever talked about preparedness actually just wants to help people too. Hello everyone, I'm Jason Perez. And I'm Wesley Long. And we're bringing you a fresh new take on disaster preparedness. Welcome to Disaster Class. And it's not it's not the lone wolf type of thing. Some people will talk like that, uh, but uh, but you know we I don't know how to put this. We, when people talk big talk, essentially like, oh yeah, I'm just gonna head out to the hills and I'm gonna live off the land. It's like when I tell people I was in the military and they're like, oh, I would have joined the military, but I would have punched a drill sergeant in the face the second he yelled at me. It's like, no, you wouldn't have. Like, have you punched a lot of people in the face? Like, is that your typical, is that your typical response to things? Like suddenly, suddenly there's a drill sergeant in your face you and your macho. Him. Option A, punch like, in face. Really? Right. Like, I, like, like you probably have never punched anyone in, in, in your face when, you, when you're talking to these people. And maybe they have, but, but if they have, then they probably also know that that's not their typical response to, to somebody right. else. Mm-hmm. And, and you don't punch a drill sergeant in the face. I, I, that, that probably happens like, you know, one in, in 10,000 or, or hundred thousand or a million, you know, like right. who knows? I've never, again, I've never even heard of somebody actually doing that. Uh, but yeah, that, that aside, it's, it's people who basically just don't know yet. Right. And, and I like the word yet because, um, because even when you look at somebody and we're like, ah, that guy's dumb or that guy's crazy or whatever it is, it's not really that they are, crazy or dumb or unintelligent or what it like we're not we're not passing final judgment on them it's just they just don't know any better yet yeah they and haven't experienced so it. right and and most of the time it's it's young people um who like they get the preparedness it is fun it's exciting they think about these terrible situations they get a, a really good bug out bag a gun and you know they think they're gonna head for the hills and then that's when the principles of emergency management come in. You have a plan, you have to test it. You got to do mm-hmm. training, you have to do drills and exercise. And pretty quickly, you start to find the holes in your plan. Like if you want to know if your emergency kit is good, go camping for three days with no other resources. And and you'll identify pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oops, I, I needed that. I, yeah, <laughs> I need that. I need that. Right. Um, and and the same thing with, with these big old bug out bags people have. Um, I like the, I like some prepper literature, post-apocalyptic fiction or whatever it is. There's a lot of different varieties, but um, some of them basically say, like, oh yeah, I'm going to put on this uh, 70 pound bag and I'm going to walk for days. It's like, that's pretty heavy. And mm-hmm. if you're not in pretty good shape, <laughs> you're not going to be walking for days. Uh, so, you know, I've, I've like strapped on a bag and just put, uh, put weights in it right. and walked, walked for an hour just to see like, okay, if I have, you know, 50 pounds and I walk for an hour, how, how much is, is this a good backpack? Is it a lot of weight for me to carry? Mm-hmm. 
and you learn a lot of lessons on on trying to minimize the weight of your of your kit but even even all that said like bugging out is typically not even a an option you're going to do anyway like why would you leave your your home unless you absolutely have to and, and exactly. that goes into that goes into evacuation planning you should correct you should have a threshold you should know ahead of time that that you have that as an option where it's not like a oh now i'm bugging out right. um you got to kind of know what the the triggers for that will be and sometimes it's because your house is on fire so do you have a kit right. that's near your door that you can get on the way out right. uh, sometimes it's because a wildfire is on the way or there was an earthquake and now your your house is unstable mm-hmm. um, maybe it is a post-apocalyptic doomsday scenario and you've got to leave but even in that situation where are you going if you think you're going to live off the land, yep. I I only know a little bit about foraging, and I know some people who are really really good at foraging for for wild edibles, and even they're just like it's just you're going to be really hungry, yeah. even if you're really good at it, you're going to be really hungry. Right. Um, so you and you know 300 million other people are going to head for the hills and try to eat the same blackberries. Yep. It's not going to be very effective. It's not going to go well. Yeah, that kind of boils down to a subject that we've been really talking about a lot lately. And as as far as like communities mm. coming together, like real, when we talk about preparedness, like has to go operating personal. as a silo yeah. is like you're only going to get so far as you talked about. Yep. But when now you you add your community into it and you can bring those forces together how much more valuable is it? So kind of leading up to a future episode. Yeah. I don't know how much we want to talk about it. I'll but talk about it a little yeah, bit talk right about now. Um, so I have this uh, individual that I work with, and I was really impressed by their neighborhood approach. They have a neighborhood where, like, I don't, I haven't seen it, but in my head I'm visioning it's all oh, this cul-de-sac. A little and suburban like area. Seven or eight homes, and they get together. It started as a neighborhood watch where they were just all looking out for each other's property and all of the things that they had, right? Just, hey, there was interesting subject. And, and I, it's happening now a lot with the ring, right? The ring community, people mm-hmm. are seeing things and they're they're letting not, everybody know. Not the horror movie, The Ring, but the, the, Correct. the, the, the doorbell. The doorbell, the doorbell <laughs> right? camera. The camera security system. Alarm system, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, it, which is pretty cool. It's like, oh, I saw a black bear on my ring last week. Hey, make sure your garbage is sealed up. That's good information to share with your neighbors where you're mm-hmm. sharing a space with them. So it kind of started as a neighborhood watch. And then they just started asking questions because as that group got more close-knit and together, they were like, hey, wouldn't it be cool if we just like figured some things out and like either shared resources and maybe the main resource we can share is knowledge. Like, so they get together and they'll do a canning session where they're like, Hey, one of the people on our team and our group knows how to can. Why don't we just learn that? We'll come together. We'll sit by the fire. We'll talk. It, It just builds neighborhood interconnectivity and they learn a skill. And then they've just been going through different things, starting fire. Um, or one person would say, hey, look, generators are on sale this week at Home Depot. I'm going to grab one. Do you guys want to grab one? Oh, I don't know how to use a generator. Well, why don't you go pick one up? We'll figure out how to attach it to your home safely together. Because it came up, and I we've I talked to you about this, Nate, at, um, I think we talked about it a little bit at Die Pop, and I do want to get into that to talk about Die Pop and, and how great of an, an opportunity that was and is upcoming. I'll do a little ad for that. Um but here was a question that someone asked us. It's a question of morality. When prepping for yourself, how much do you share with your neighbors? 
Mm. How much are you obligated to share with your neighbors if they come knocking on their on your door and they're like, hey, I'm out of food, but I know you're a prepper and you have food. That's a legitimate concern because, it, mm -hmm. it, you know, you've got both sides of the equation. It's like, well, my family, we took the time in advance and the energy in advance, and I have mouths in my household that I have to feed mm -hmm. with the food that we have been preparing with. You have nothing because you chose not to listen to any of the warnings, and now you want my food. And there's no right answer for this yeah. because, you know, right. there's no way you can say, oh, turn them away because how do you feed your family? Or no, share with them because then what if everybody comes to you now, everyone's out. Yeah, are you going to share with one person or 100 people or 1,000 people? Right. And Where do you cut that off? So I love this neighborhood approach because their approach is, hey, if we're all prepared, we can help each other, and we are a stronger unit, and we can help others. Mm -hmm. Right. I don't know I if you've read it. the book, um, The Unthinkable by Amanda, Amanda it, Ripley. I've heard about it. You, you should read it before you, before you uh, do that episode, but yeah. it's pretty good. It, it talks about a lot of uh, different disaster scenarios. And one of the key points that she studied was um, that, you know, that identified in, in her studies was that if you work together, you're more likely to survive. Yeah. And even if you don't know the people ahead of time, right. uh, but if you, if you do to this neighborhood, this neighborhood model, then you do know people ahead of time, you know, each other's temperaments, yeah. uh, you, you know, what resources you have, and you've got to build a relationship that that's already a foundation, yeah. uh, but working together is just overall a better thing. And most people in preparedness really are community minded. Agreed. They just, right. they just want to be more self, self-reliant and yeah, more, more prepared as possible. Basically not, it's not that they don't like other people. They just, they just want to separate themselves from the system a little bit. Right. They're minimizing not, their not vulnerabilities. To, right. to a point though, cause this is something I've, I've prompted you to have this little conversation before. And I, I, I found it extremely interesting um, where your logo came from as a preparedness guy, because we sit here and we've all said, it's great to share. It's great to share. It's great to share. However, there's another side to that too. So I'm not going right. to steal your thunder. I'm going to let you tell the story of it because I've, I've loved it ever since I heard it. So, um, my logo, can you, can you superimpose we'll, it right we'll here? Superimpose <laughs> it there. Here. We'll insert yeah, there. You have yeah. to send me the file. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, it's basically an oil lamp. Uh, like an ancient oil lamp uh, with a flame and then a big drop of oil. And it is a reference to the uh, parable told in the New Testament about the 10 virgins or 10 handmaidens. And what they're doing is preparing for preparing. They're, they're getting ready for a, a positive event. They're not getting ready for some terrible cataclysmic event. They're, they're going to a wedding. And uh, this is why I really like this because it's a positive outlook. They say, Hey, there's a wedding to go to when the groom comes, we'll all go and we're going to, they're going to be bridesmaids. Essentially part of the tradition is we'll get in line and we'll light our lamps. So five of them said, you know what, I'm going to make sure I have enough oil so that I can participate in this awesome experience that my life will be good no matter what happens. And probably didn't even think anything of it. The other five of them, just didn't bring any extra oil, just the oil that was in the lamp. But the problem is that there was a disruption that the groom didn't come until later than expected. He came at midnight and somebody came running ahead. So, Hey, he's on his way. They all wake up and they light their lamps. And five of them said, Hey, I, 
amount of oil, will you share some? And then they're like, well, at this point, if I share my oil with you, neither of us is going to have enough. And, uh, you know, which is, which is pretty reasonable. Like you could have all the best intentions and say, sure, let's, let's share this, but, um, then you're both out of luck. Mm -hmm. And, um, so I, I look at that and the, the oil isn't necessarily in, in the spiritual aspect of it. It's not tangible things. It's not actual oil. Mm -hmm. It's, um, it's everything that you've done spiritually to make yourself ready. And you can't share that. You can't give somebody, um, what you've, what you've learned through, through reading your scripture, you can, you can try to try to like bear witness or testimony to people and spiritually and, and share that. Uh, but you can't give them the months or years of, of de dedication and, and change that you've, you've had in your, in your heart. Uh, but in preparedness, the oil doesn't represent the tangible things necessarily, because you can give somebody some food up, up to a point. We talked about point. that. Right. And, um, and you can share tangible items, but mostly it's the mindset that you have mm -hmm. because you spent time ahead of time. Yeah. The, the oil is just, it's the gear, the, the oil in the, in the gears and the, in the works of the clock, right. Uh, that, that keeps things running smoothly. You've identified your needs and you've done something about it. You've changed the way that you look at your own life. You've changed your mindset and you've taken responsibility for yourself. You can't right. give away responsibility for yourself to somebody else and have that be their responsibility for themselves. Yeah. But the other aspect of this lamp is the flame on the end, because if somebody else has changed their mindset, has taken actions, even if they don't have a lot of tangible items, but they have taken ownership of their, their own life and, and responsibility for themselves, that flame can touch their lamp and, and light, light the, light the oil that mm -hmm. they have. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I just thought it was a, a it was, there was a lot involved in what you guys will see a very simple visual logo, and it just it just spoke to me because resources are finite, and mm -hmm. for those that plan ahead, um, you're going to be in a little bit better position. But we have had someone ask us that question, that moral question: At what point in time do you tell someone, "No, I can no longer share with you," because then what might happen? Do they try to take by force? Does it escalate? Right. right? It, there's a lot of variables in there. Mm -hmm. So, again, getting into this mindset as early as possible, preparing for yourself and your family. And I always, always preach this. Prepare to share. Mm -hmm. Prepare for that. Like, I know I'm that type of person where people are going to come to me and ask for help. I know it. That's right. That's been my entire life. If I don't prepare for that, I'm foolish. Right. And, and we go back to some of those uh, situations that got me interested in preparedness in the first place. Mm -hmm. It wasn't, uh, oh, no, I'm in danger. It's someone else is in danger and I, I can do nothing about it because I don't know what to do. Correct. So uh, so a lot of people in preparedness have felt the same way. They see uh, somebody else's vulnerability or they're, they're, they're helpless to... You know, they, they can't help somebody else. And they're like, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to change that. Yep. And, and for a lot of people, it's, you know, they get married, they have kids, yeah. these life changing events where they recognize that they have, mm -hmm. have responsibilities. Exactly. Yeah. And it's just yep. the, the earlier you start, the better off you are. Yeah. And, right. and I love how like you highlight those, the positive Correct. aspect of it yeah. because p it, preparedness and prepping it's, it's gotten kind of this negative connotation, but when you, everybody prepares, 
Everybody right. preps. Like, if you right. don't prepare to go to work, you're not going to make money. You're right. going to lose your job. And right. you can't, like, we prepare every day, and but we're preparing yeah. for So why is, why are we not going to prepare for something positively negative? It's all, right. it's consequence management, right? right? Every <laughs> time, every time you go to the gas station, you're preparing right. because you need gas in your car. That's that you're, you've identified a need and yep. you do that. You don't wait until you're out of gas on the side of the road and you're like, oh, I'll, I can just call AAA. Right. That's what, they, that's what they're there for. So people are just like, oh, I can just call 911. Or I'll call FEMA. Like, FEMA will bring me food. Yeah, I'll call, oh, FEMA. Yeah, FEMA will take care of me. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So people people do this all the time for things that they see as consequential to themselves. They, right. they don't want yeah. to be stranded on the side of the road. But then they start to justify in their mind, like, well, is an emergency really likely? It's like, maybe not. I mean, you should look at that. You should decide what are the, the risks in my area? Yep. What are the likely hazards? risk assessment. Right. And then how do they, how do they impact my needs and what needs do I need to, to buffer? And if they do that, then it's just meeting your needs. Like I, I have uh, milk in my refrigerator mm-hmm. and I have some milk in my freezer too. Uh, but you have to rotate it through that because it gets a weird consistency if, <laughs> if, you, if you don't rotate it through somewhat frequency, frequently. I've also got some boxed milk, some ultra high temperature, mm-hmm. um, pasteurized milk on my shelf downstairs, but I also have some powdered milk and that powdered milk isn't going to go bad for a long time, right. but I can still rotate, rotate through it when, when I'm ready to. So it's, it's identifying, Hey, I use milk pretty frequently. And now I have a backup. If the freezer's out and I can't use that, guess what? I've got some on the shelf. If that's not working, well, I can just add water to this stuff over here. Okay. So it, you know, you, you determine based on your own needs, how much of that you need. You're not going to store 20 gallons of milk in your refrigerator because that's going to go to waste. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it goes in the question to do it about like, is it hoarding? And, uh, a lot of people have, have kind of questioned that they say, well, the, we brought a toilet paper because the preppers are hoarding toilet paper, you know, back in 2020. It's like, well, they already had toilet papers. Yeah. So, yeah <laughs> it wasn't um, the preppers. But, yeah. 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 It's like your, your logic is really, really off here. And yep. that's, that's typically the, the situation is people who respond poorly. And we're talking about preparedness and in emergency management, you're looking at preparedness, response recovery. Preparedness is the stuff you do before you oh, need before. it. Correct. Once you need it, you're in response mode. If you're Correct. responding poorly, if you're responding by taking everything, then that's hoarding. Correct. But if you're pre- preparing right. and the resources are there and you're 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 yep. using your your time, money, uh, effort to put stuff away, yep. a little bit yours. at a time. That's, yeah. Yep. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and, the, the and people who are bulk buying the toilet paper were not. Are, like, those were not nope. the prepared people. <laughs> yeah, the preppers already have that. They want to live <laughs> off yeah. grid. Like, yeah. they don't yeah. want to be you know, have to be reliable on these systems, right? They're not the ones. Yeah, no, it's a lot of great points, Mm -hmm. Matt. I appreciate that. Let's take a quick break for this week's sponsors. Sawyer products offer the best, most technologically advanced solutions for protection against sun, bugs, water, and injuries. Everything from insect repellents to water filtration. The filters are used in disaster situations all around the world. So whether you are in the backcountry or in the backyard, check out Sawyer.com to learn more. Disaster Class is brought to you by Instinct Ready, whose mission is to educate, prepare, and equip the everyday person for disasters through comprehensive education and premium products. Disaster Class listeners can get 10% off site-wide at InstinctReady.com with promo code DISASTERCLASS. Visit InstinctReady.com today because preparedness starts at home. When you need an emergency plan, you need Doberman Emergency Management. 
Whether you're buying a home and want to know about your local hazards, or you're a professional needing additional support, Doberman Emergency Management can help. Visit DobermanEMG.com today to learn more. Okay, let's head back to the show. Should we sh- shift gears now? Sure. I want to talk die pop. This is going to be very, and, and for our, our, our general public, dynamic populations, um, this was a very specific training course and event put on by the Readiness Lab, which we're all a part of here um, in Atlanta. It was the first inaugural training class. Jason and I were students in it, received the certification after mm-hmm. the training was successful for us. People might remember our road trip episode. Yes, our road made, trip. We were driving down. To, down uh, we recorded podcast in the car. Yeah, yeah. Nat was one of the uh, trainers and teachers at that Dynamic Populations course. So, Nat, I just want to talk about that as a plug on the Readiness Lab. What were your thoughts on it? How did you feel with participating in it? What do you think the value of it is for emergency managers? Um, and what was your experience like? When I was a combat medic, I trained combat lifesavers. And that's every every soldier you train as a combat lifesaver, everyone you can. And uh, you teach them the medical skills, and then you need to practice it. Mm-hmm. And the better you you practice with them, the better they get at it. Right? And there's... there's uh, and there's an important thing to do while you're training people and, and things like that, because uh, we weren't looking at any deployment coming up. We're looking at n- not doing it, not using these skills for any military application at all. And once I got them to realize, hey, these are skills you can use if you pass a car accident on your way home today. Correct. Like, oh, holy smokes, this this could be relevant. Like your, your buddy could get shot while you're out hunting and you can patch them up with, with these same tools, which you can get anywhere. It's not like we have, you know, super secret, um, military tools, um, for, uh, for treating trauma. It's, it's, you can get the knowledge, you can get the resources and build the skills to, to handle it. So we would do some pretty cool scenarios sometimes, uh, you know, if we had the, if we had the time and resources in some of these scenarios, we would go through, uh, where, the, the people were injured and it was very involved. We had done the, the training portion of it. We talked them through it, walked them through it. And then we do a, a real hands exercise. On. And it, yep, yeah, hands on. And in emergency management, we, we do that for people all the time, which is very seldom to emergency managers get that kind of training. Mm-hmm. Like we provide quality training to a lot of people and, um, and we want the, you know, we want people to have high fidelity training as real to life as possible uh, that actually meets their objectives. But as emergency managers, we're kind of like, you know, we get the death by PowerPoint often and we get to do some, some good training, but we're really missing out on that, mm-hmm. on the hands-on practical application. Next level. Yeah, there's the, yeah, the next level. And not to say all the training is bad. It yeah. sounds like I'm knocking it, but the dynamic populations course is unique. Unique. It is very involved, very, integrated and hands-on mm-hmm. like we were actually in the the stadium yes. as we're talking about evacuating the stadium you you wonder okay i, I want to put um i want to put this resource here on the map and you walk them over to the window and it's like oh right there and you can see if that actually works right because you're you're there and well, you can walk around a little bit and see all of all of this and being able to do you know it is a different type of exercise because it's not it doesn't fit it doesn't fit into any box really 
which, which I thought was great because you're doing things, uh, but you're also talking through it. And it's like a real operation we're yeah, put into, yeah. we're put into a scenario where we have to problem solve we have mm-hmm. to, uh, figure out what resources are and we get, get real problems that we're facing. Yep, and then you so figure I, it, out. it was, yeah, you have to figure it out. You suddenly you don't have the resources that you're depending on. You can't just talk, talk it away. Well, Oh, we would just, we would just call the national guard, uh, because, Oh, you know, they're not available. They can't make it here. Or, you know, that's the, that's the trope in the movies. Like the army will be here in an hour. In what world is the army going to be anywhere in an hour? <laughs> right, that's not how it works. No. Like they'll have 24 hours to mobilize and then they'll get there and then they'll stage, you know, whatever it is. Right. So, um, it's not so simple. And also and, too, just to just to, to to jump in here, also to the real time training aspect and experiential training aspect. If you were to make a phone call, a lot of times, like with our EMS background, when we're going to like through national registry or something, you know, we're going through, um, you know, our medical or a trauma, and we get to voice treat. It's like, okay, BSI scene safety. Okay, is there an injury here? Yes, no. Okay, I, I would wrap it. You can voice treat it and just move on. Here, it's like, oh, you were going to call somebody? Pick up the phone and call them and actually figure out mm-hmm. what words you're going to use to ask right. to activate that resource. Yeah. What yeah. does that feel like? Let we're like we not to give away too much because it's it's a really really dynamic training the first 2 days with the discussion and then backed up with the tabletop exercises mm-hmm. that were individualized to the cohorts and then for the final day when I say you work a problem for 6 out for it was 6, six hours. hours we went through this process rotating mm-hmm. in groups in each of these six disciplines for a full hour each. Yep. Like it is intense. And it wasn't intentional that the heat was there because we <laughs> didn't have air conditioning. But I think that that just that speaks to it. It's like, yeah, you're going to get hot right. and sweaty as an emergency manager trying to work this problem. Yeah. How do you formulate the words to have a press conference to alert the local area that they're up to 4,000 dead at this event. What does that feel like when people ask you questions about that? We're sitting in this room and we work that problem for six hours straight. And, (laughs) and one, one thing that's really great about it is that it all builds on it on itself. So you have to deal with the consequences of the decisions made by the team prior to you. You don't, you don't get any, you don't get, it's not a blank state blank slate. It's decisions you make impact to the scenario and other people have to to deal with the consequences, good or bad. And it's great. It's great for real life experience because when you're dealing with an incident and people make a poor decision or a delayed decision, usually it's not a poor decision. It's just a delayed decision, not on the right timeline or they didn't work quickly enough to get the resource. Mm -hmm. Well, they've, yeah. that's that's what you get that's, so there could be repercussions uh, to that right yeah you, you've got to you got to work with that uh, the teams all did amazing like it was it was so yeah. great and um the people from different backgrounds coming together and seeing all these different problems all. right and that's what i that's what i love about all of this is because um you know like you don't have to have a degree in emergency management necessarily right um you know, we did we did all these emergency managers emergency responders uh, but they didn't look at this like, oh, what does the book say? It's, they said, you know what, I I came up against an experience one time, and we mm-hmm. kind of we did this. Yeah, uh, some, somebody, book. yeah, somebody came up with with a, a situation where they did a bus rotation instead of busing people from. Yeah, this is you know probably giving away a lot, but instead <laughs> of busing people from the from the stadium to the um, evacuation uh, center, they 
they bus them to the train, train them up. That way the buses could, could take go back and forth. Tons more people. Increase and it was the volume. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yeah. Instead of having your, your buses gone for an hour. A long distance and then a long return trip minutes. empty. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I, and I'm telling you. So yeah, it was an amazing I, train. I, it, it was, it was amazing for me. And I am not, I don't have a degree in emergency management. I am more on the response side. So mm -hmm. to see that high level 10,000 foot view of the responsibility of emergency managers, I was blown away, but also because of the skill of, of you and the other teachers through the discussion and the activity of the tabletops, I felt 100% prepared to be in that room and help make decisions and come to an, a good right. a good outcome. So I, I just, for me, I was blown away with the value of the training and the competency that I learned just by going. Mm -hmm. So let me right. ask this question then. If you're an emergency manager that's listening to this or a responder that's listening to this and you've heard of dynamic populations and you have the opportunity to go, would you recommend it? Yeah, absolutely. It, it Like you just said, basically, it's an empowering experience. Yeah. And that's what, that's what we need. It, we're not, you know, we don't know everything. We know a lot. But, <laughs> yeah. um, uh, we, we don't know everything. We need to be able to stretch ourselves to be able to reach new heights yep. we need to be able to because we can sit through a powerpoint uh, mm -hmm. or a computer-based learning or whatever it is and and flip through that we can take the, the quiz answer the same questions about nims and ics Correct. all day and yep. click 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 yep. um, we could go to a presentation a training where it's still going to be powerpoint you get to you get to have the the feedback of the instructors who have some good experience mm -hmm. maybe do a couple tabletop things uh but are you really stretching yourself? Like all these trainings yeah. are, are good, yeah. but are they great? You know, mm -hmm. so this training really just puts you in your own shoes for a minute, which yeah. we don't, we don't get to do. Yep. Um, most of emergency management is sitting at a desk, not doing a whole lot. It's, right. it's getting, getting writing ready, report, trying to, writing a document. Right. <laughs> right. So most of that. And, and then when we do training, it's for other people typically. And, right. and then we can, we can attend trainings, which, which can benefit us, but are they really getting us the value for the time spent? If you're going to a week long training, are you getting the value out of that? And this isn't a whole week, you know, yeah. it's, it was three, three day training. Days. And are you getting the value of that time? away from your, your organization or your jurisdiction and absolutely with dynamic populations for emergency management. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. no doubt. I agree 100%. So yeah. we got one coming up. The next training in is going to be November in Orlando. 29th, of, I think. Yeah, November 29th to December 2nd. Uh, we'll post some links to that mm -hmm. uh, on the on the Readiness Lab uh, website because, wow. And again, if anyone is interested in it, reach out to Jason and myself. Mm -hmm. We will find a way to help get your team there. We got a little leeway with some discounts. We can do some things. Yeah, you know, we can we can get you in there. Yeah, yeah. And Go ahead. Oh, another one other aspect of it is um, that it is kind of a an all aspects of like even our off time. We're still we're still talking about it. We had okay. we had events, social events, and uh, mm -hmm. we went to it. We went to a baseball game in a yep. stadium. We got to see their evacuation. Correct plan their evacuation indicators we're looking at this like okay if real life something happened right now what would mm -hmm. we do so it was fun we had a great time mm -hmm. team building but it was also a team building we also got to learn from it and um, it was a really good balance of of everything where 
where we got to learn and play and all of it was beneficial. Yeah, I agree. A hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent. And um, maybe I'm just thinking just to take if for our listeners who are not in response or in emergency mm-hmm. management. Um, I mean, these, these are the type of things like this was a, a, a training exercise. You know, you want your officials, you want your responders, your yeah. emergency managers trained and know how to react during a situation. Um, the value maybe, and maybe Nat, you could just speak to this with our just everyday people, you know, that are listening to our podcast, training and exercise. It's not difficult. They can do this also. Yes. And they can do it in bite-sized pieces. Mm -hmm. Your your training, your drills, like a drill is a specific response action. You know, you don't do, you don't have to do everything in a drill. Um, You could just, just practice one specific response, but at your own home, you can, you can build up to it. If you want your kids to know what the smoke alarm sounds like at my house, I try to cook and the kids hear it. Uh, Or, or you could just push, (laughs) you could test your smoke detector. You should be doing that that frequently. Anyway, all you gotta do is hold the button. It'll beep and you let it go and it should stop. When you hear this, what do we do? Right. And then you say, you ask them, where would we go? How would we get there? And do we we're going to get outside. Us. Right. Yeah. And, and then I, you ask, you ask your kids, where would be a good place for us to meet outside? It's a safe place away from the house. And they're like, Oh, grandma's house. And you're like, okay, well, what if we, uh, what about here by our house? What's a good place where we're outside of the house, but safe. And, uh, and they can usually come up with a good place. Like mm-hmm. my kids, I asked them that they said the mailbox, the mailbox is the best place for us to meet Perfect. Uh, f- for evacuating. That's our, that's our home evacuation assembly area. Yep. And yeah, it's, it's, um, it's, it's fun to do with kids. You can practice the bit by bit, and then you can build up to where you're, uh, you practice feeling the door to see if it's hot. You practice crawling on the floor, mm-hmm. practice alternate exits from, from your home. What would it look like if we had to get out of the window? How are you going to take the screen out? Uh, do you have a do you have a ladder um, or, or any of that? Like so, so you just look at your own needs and decide how are we going to do this. You just break it up into little little bits. Have a fun time, play a game with your kids, yeah. and, and build up. And it it can, it can be a lot of fun. That's yeah, what, I, I knew um, I knew a family that they they got their go bag, bug out bags, and then they would just take them and go camping for the weekend. Yeah. And it's like, like this yep. type of stuff can be fun. Yep. It's not difficult. It's easy to, it, you know, but it's so important because if you have a plan oh, and you've never practiced your plan, mm-hmm. what is the value of that plan? Right. Mm-hmm. You, right. you got to build a plan and you got to practice the plan. The people panic buying the toilet paper did not have a plan. Correct. <laughs> Don't be those Don't people. Don't be that guy. Yeah. <laughs> we've talked, we've talked before about how much water do you really need to? Yeah. Yeah. If you really want to know how much water you need, turn your water off for a day or <laughs> yeah, three days. You will like, find out. Y- you are disrupting a specific need, and which is a good way to, to run a, a drill or an exercise. You're disrupting a specific need. Mm-hmm. And well, suddenly you've got to figure out what are you going to do with those toilets? How are you going to cook? How are you going to do keep things clean? And you're like, I don't want to, I'm not going to wash dishes with bottled water. Uh, so hey, do I have extra jugs? Do I have paper plates on hand? That way I can just throw everything away instead right. of mm-hmm. instead of dirtying things. Um, it, basically, you just, yeah, yeah, you just, you you figure out the need you want to uh, you want to test and then do an intentional disruption of that need and, and camping is a disruption of basically all of your needs yep. uh, just what you bring with you yeah yeah awesome this is that, awesome I, we appreciate you so yeah. much um, we are gonna collaborate more uh, we want to get on your podcast we want to do some some talking and some having some fun with you over on preparedness mm-hmm. works. 
we would love to have you back maybe as like a substitute teacher sometime if I'm out of commission or if Jason's out of commission, you know, we would love to collaborate more with you. Yeah. Man. So I'm a really you. strict substitute teacher. Oh, you're <laughs> one of those. I love They're it. They're not going to get away with a lot. That's it. They or, or, lay or, down or, the law. <laughs> or we'll just watch a movie. <laughs> yes. Yes. That is such a great idea for an episode. We are definitely. Class is in session. Yes. <laughs> roll, roll tape. Yes. yes. And just watch this movie and we'll talk later. Well, actually, we might popcorn? have a, we might have you talking about a, well, at least a film or t- our TV series coming up. Yes. So that we want to talk about on the podcast. Um, we'll we'll kind of yeah. th- throw a plug into that for later. But, um, but anyway, Nat, thank you so much. Yeah, is there you. anything, um, First of all, like, where can people go if they mm-hmm. want to stay in touch with you? Um, yeah, feel free to plug whatever you want right here. Sure. I'm most active on Instagram at the preparedness guy. Uh, I also have the page for preparedness works on Instagram, and you can listen to that podcast everywhere you listen to podcasts. You can go to my website, preparednessguy.com, and sign up with your email, and you'll get a free family emergency plan, and it'll talk you through some of the most common likely hazards and how to basically use that as a way to do drills and exercises for your for your home. Awesome, love it. Beautiful. So, that yeah. So we're we're so excited that you uh, came on the show, yeah. Nat. We're looking forward to to collaborating with you further. Oh, appreciate Thank it, you, gentlemen. And now homework. And now homework. So Wesley, as you know. There's yes. always homework. There's always homework. So we want you to like, uh, subscribe, uh, you know, fill out the alert button so that you are in the know whenever we post something here because this content is for you guys. And we would love for you to leave us the five-star rating, the thumbs up, all of that. And please also leave uh, something you liked about the episodes. If it's Nat, if it's what he's doing over at Preparedness Works, if it's here, if it's us, it's the collaboration please leave us something that we can interact with so we can keep the conversation going. Yeah. And as always, if you have a question, you have a preparedness tip, a disaster story to share, send us an email at uh, disasterclass at instinctready.com or send us a message on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or LinkedIn. And doing so will always put you in the running to be featured on the show and win some cool stuff. Well, as always, thank you so much for tuning into Disaster Class. Stay educated. Stay prepared. Stay equipped. We'll see you next time. Disaster Class is part of the Readiness Lab, the home for podcasts, webinars, and training in the field of emergency and disaster services. 